0: Again, welcome, happy. We're well, welcome back. <laughs> yeah, happy 2022. Happy New Year.
1: Yeah, very exciting. I hope everyone's had a good start of the year.
0: Yeah, hopefully um, 2022 has not currently been like 2020 part two. I uh, <laughs> I've been no. seeing lots of memes going around. I saw that too. Yeah. With that. Um, and I'm Megan.
1: And I'm Ella. And this is Modern Medieval, the podcast.
0: So as if you're a regular quote-unquote listener, we have been kind of on a holiday hiatus since early slash mid-December, though we did ha- uh, pre-record our little ghost story episode that was a bonus that released earlier this year. So this is technically not the first time we're entering you your ears mm-hmm. in the new year, but it's the first time we are recording and doing an official episode in the new year.
1: Yeah, and what a way to start with a film.
0: Yeah, we wanted something kind of easy because, you know, as everyone does, your brain just shuts off during mm. the holidays. The holiday, yeah. So we were like, okay, let's do something that's, like, relatively easy. And so we did. decided we we're going to do the last duel, the Ridley Scott film that yeah. stars Adam Driver, Matt Damon, and Jodie Comer, with a small role also by Ben Affleck, and then some other people that you've seen Around in films. Yeah. So this film was supposed to come out in like 2020, but then because of the pandemic and everything, it was pushed and released in the UK in like October 2021. And I think in America as well. It's a relatively new film Mm -hmm. in regards to that. So still, you know, uh, new, relevant, whatever. I don't know if it's still in theaters though, because it was a box office flop. So not really sure about that. Yeah, I'm not convinced. Yeah. <laughs> I've not seen it around,
1: like, at all, but I don't actually go to the cinema much, so I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I, I haven't checked. I've just been caring about, like, Scream and then that movie Licorice Pizza and a few mm-hmm. other things that are, you know, trickling around. Um. So, yeah, we're going to kind of just do, like, our normal format. Uh. And before we kind of get into our initial thoughts of the film, just briefly the film, The Last Duel. So it's about the last judicial duel. Um or battle to the death in France. It occurred on December 29th, 1386. So, you know, Middle Ages, woo-hoo. And um, technically, though, it is not the last duel uh, that was ever held. It was just the last authorized judicial duel. The Mm -hmm. final um, duel to be publicly authorized took place on July 10th, 1547, at the Castle of Saint-Germain-en-Laye, and it opposed Guy Chabot de Jarnac against Francois de Vivon, following a request by Jarnac to King Henry II for mission to regain his honor. Uh Genac won and Vivonne was injured and then died. Uh, but so that's not this film, but that was just technically the last one. Um yeah. the film itself is based on a book by uh American author, medieval historian, etc., Eric Jager. Jager? Mm-hmm. It's J-A-G-E-R. I don't know. Uh, let's just go Eric Jager because he's American, and um, the book is called "The Last Duel," a store a true story of trial by combat and medieval France. So, yet again, we're in medieval France, just like the king that was our last uh, film that we yeah. discussed. And so, this story, just briefly, so that you kind of have uh, a little bit of an idea of th- the film we're talking about, in case you're like, "I," because I didn't know what this movie was about going into it. Was very confused. Yeah, you die. I yeah. thought, oh, Last Duel, this is going to be, uh, I don't know, your typical the uh, fighting medieval film, which I mean it is, but it's also very different. We'll get into that. But this film and this, the book st- th- it's inspired by tells the story of the 29th December, 1386, trial by combat, a.k.a. Duel, that's the mm-hmm. Last Duel, uh, in which the Norman knight uh, Jean de Crouge, uh, who is Matt Damon, duels squire Jacques Legris, Adam Driver, Carouge had accused Legree of raping his wife, Marguerite de Carouge, uh, and her initial name was, uh, so it's Nede, uh Thibouville, who, well, for political reasons, it's just important. Also, her Wikipedia page has, like, no info on her because she was a woman in the Ages. So mm. much information about her we can get, I think, is important. Um, but this rape that occurred some months before while... Uh, he was out. Yeah, he was out. I think this is when he was in, like, Scotland or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Carrouge goes to King Charles VI, who is played by the actor that is, like, the male lead in End of the Fucking World.
1: Yeah, so, Which so was, like, fitting. <laughs> yeah, was, like, yeah. during the
0: battle, when he's like, yes! <laughs> I was, like, this is because he's such an kind of awkward, uh, yeah, he's, figure.
1: Yeah, he's um, weird looking.
0: Yeah, so, it was, yeah, good casting choice there. Um, so, Carrouge goes to the king and seeks an appeal uh, of the decision handed down by Count Pierre d'Anonso who was like oh well, I likely agree this I'll just pass this whatever it didn't happen like I trust him and Kroosh is like no King Pierre aka so also Ben Affleck is Pierre and his look is like platinum bleached colors and I just <laughs> I called him Baby Mugatu like from mm-hmm. Zoolander so if I call him Mugatu casually that's who that is. Uh Mugatu likes Legree. So mm-hmm. I need a fair trial. And anyway, so in the Middle Ages the idea was if you had a um, a duel, a trial by combat, God would choose the faithful as the winner. And mm-hmm. so there were really high stakes that we'll get into in this. So this whole film is about well what happened and it does what's called the Rashomon effect, so it's people telling the same series of events but from their perspective. Yeah. And so it's really interesting. So there's three parts to the film. The first part is Courouge. The second part is Legree Gris. And the third part is Marguerite. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it all culminates in The Last Jewel. Mm-hmm. So that's not such a short, I'm sorry, beginning to that. But so, Ello, thoughts, comments?
1: Um, oh. <laughs> so I thought it was quite like, very much the first two parts obviously were very male gazy. Mm-hmm. um but even then like the subsequent of events like felt very close to home um things like men's sexual desires being the, the primary concern were very like evident to me and um especially when we get to Kuruja's part um I thought that that looked very non-consensual throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that what was interesting is that obviously when you start the film, you have no idea that it's going to be three parts, right? So Mm -hmm. when it was... um, I can't remember what his name is. Matt Damon's part. Um, Karouche. Oh, sorry. I meant the other one then. Uh, Legree. I'm I'm sorry, guys. I'm not really late this morning. Yeah. So the second part with Legree, I was like, this is very non-consensual. This is very, like... Melgazi mm-hmm. And in Carouge's part, um, I thought it was very, I was very confused because I didn't realize it would be like three different parts.
0: Right. Yeah. And Carouge just for the audience is the first part.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I thought that that was just the story, how it's told. So obviously you have this perspective of this person
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and you see the events through their eyes. And so by the second part, you're like, Oh, like this is kind of different. This is a different perspective, but I never felt much pity Mm -hmm. or empathy at all and then we get to the third part um and obviously maybe being a woman or just generally like probably the most realistic and honest way of of what the events were like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that was like a combination of being like yes this is this is a very old tale but it's very very relevant today too Mm -hmm. and then I thought that the balance was like well stricken between three and that like in the end you kind of although like trying to have like an objective viewpoint between all three parties kind of objective subjective like in the end you kind of have a very good idea of what's happening so I just thought the film was a bit long personally Mm -hmm.
0: it's like two and a half hours or almost three hours yeah yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) and um I thought that some of the things didn't have to be emphasised the way that they were. Like, I thought that there was a lot of focus on, like, the values and things. But then at the same time, you could see the hypocrisy between the values and how, peop- how these characters actually didn't believe in those values. It was more to mm-hmm. do with self-serving purposes and stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was fairly good. I thought some of the scenes were a bit long. I think the seeing of the rape twice was a bit much, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was, good, I was happy to watch it, um, but I thought that something could have been amended as
0: well. Cool. So I was excited to see this one. And I, I, I a lot of what Elo said. Um, so I'll kind of try to bring out some of the things that were different or that haven't been vocalized. Um, yeah, I was excited to see this one cause I love Adam driver. I've always loved Adam driver. Um, the first thing I think I saw him in was Francis Haw, 2012 film, Noah Baumbach. Um, Mm. but, and like, in Girls, I just, I always loved him as an actor, so, and he's really, he's great. Yeah. And then Matt Damon, you know, I'm kind of hit and miss. I don't like him. Ben Affleck can fall in a hole for all I care about. Mm. And, um. I like
1: Jodie Comer, though. I like Jodie Comer. Mm -hmm. And I have
0: some interesting kind of thoughts on her performance. And then the director of this film is Ridley Scott. You Mm. know, like, renowned Uh, director some of my all-time favorite films alien aliens Mm. gladiator so especially knowing he did and then you know he did like the martian with uh matt damon years ago and everything like i mean blade runner obviously fantastic film so i was really i had high expectations going into this film and because it's ridley scott Mm. and because of the content you know of battle and whatnot I was like okay well he did gladiator and knocked it out of the park I think every time I watch that film it's I think fucking amazing and like hits home hard um unfortunately I feel like in this I didn't feel as like swept away and captivated I got kind (laughs) of bored so yeah as much attention even in the beginning Um yeah,
1: I think that that, like it just made them all look a bit despicable, personally.
0: Which has value in it, right? Mm -hmm. Like Matt Damon's character is horrible. uh, Scars on his face, which is very realistic for the Middle Ages, you know? Yeah. And then we will talk about the hairstyle because he is rocking a fucking wild mullet. Yeah. Which actually is quite historically accurate. And I already mentioned Ben Affleck, who the fuck knows what's going on there? Don't think that's accurate. I don't, Mm. whatever. Adam Driver's hair is luxurious and I just want to run my fingers through it. And oh, Adam
1: Driver is gorgeous. Like and I then beautiful.
0: You have these like very, you know, like you said, kind of despicable men, these macho men, these mm. whatever. And then you have Jodie Comer who literally glows throughout the entire film, which I felt actually quite frustrated by because it didn't feel as like real, you know, like if you have these men who are fingernails are all but then
1: all of them were that way all the women
0: what do you mean like
1: like all of the women in that film had very much this like sex appeal to them and they were all like pristine and beautiful and you know all that
0: yeah well, and I so I guess that's what I'm saying is I just feel like for me that was something that kind of I found distracting. I get it, like in the wedding or something it looks gorgeous, but even in the rape scene, I mean yeah. Jodie Comer's gorgeous, so that's also just going for yeah. her, But
1: yeah,
0: um, and it's nothing against like her performance; it's just kind of like
1: yeah, it was voice, yeah, 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 you
0: know, and stuff. So there was that, and then also the films just it falls into the dark medieval trope the tones are very gray and blue and that's also kind of a ridley scott i mean like blade runner gladiator has some scenes like that but in this it's just really aggressive Mm. and gets i find very tiring like if it's and then you're watching the same scenes over and over again right because they're different perspectives so yeah i mean i think that the three narratives i really appreciated that approach and um, i just
1: think they could have been shorter I think especially Matt Damon's part could have been shorter. His was long. Like, it was like he, an
0: hour. Yeah, so we, we like didn't half need a lot. Yeah. Um, I found Adam Driver's, you know, relatively amusing in a very dark, morbid way. Because you're. it, it was so much of men thinking that women are flirting with them and everything. Yeah. And
1: well, like, it can kind of, I think it's so relevant because like this kind of behavior has dictated history forever.
0: Mm. And it still dictates history. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's still part of your daily, possible daily life, unfortunately. Yeah. I thought what was interesting though is that like the difference in perspective is that this woman was appealing not only for her looks, but for her intelligence, which he Mm. tried to dominate. And so the whole scene was just bizarre. Like it was just, but I thought that the most interesting scene was between him and Ben Affleck where he was like, oh I obviously couldn't have possibly raped her like she resisted but that's just what women do Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I thought that was quite like that was so poignant to today like to today's way that unfortunately we still think
0: like no means yes
1: yes exactly or like no but she she really wanted me anyway like even if she didn't say so
0: um so two things out of that one I think it's interesting that you said he dominated the conversation when he's talking to Marguerite mm. at the, I don't know what it is, like festival or something, eating food. Yeah. Because I, I mean, he was dominating the conversation, but I felt like he was just trying to impress her because he knew she spoke many languages and read books. And I felt like he was more trying to uh, not dominate, but like fluff his peacock feathers, if you will. yeah. Um, yeah. But that was just the way I read it. I didn't that scene. I actually felt like, oh, he's actually just like war equivalents, which I found really interesting. I think that even though he's the most problematic character, I mean, Ben or Carouge's uh, character, Matt Damon's, is very very problematic. He's more. I hate Groot-ish. him. Like, yeah, I, I, just I just like. Oh come on. Yeah, no,
1: I I like. When I got to Marguerite's part, because in the first part, you kind of have this thing where he's like, oh, like, you know, everything's gone wrong for me. He's the
0: underdog.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you get to Legree's part and you're like, no, actually, he's a bit of a dick. And then you get to Marguerite's part and you're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, a fucking hate yeah. you. you. can go die in a hole for all I care.
0: Petulant whining baby. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I just, I found Legree's like, part so fascinating, because he was known as, like, a womanizer, and that's not something that he...
1: Was ashamed of.
0: Ashamed of, but he was also a hard worker. Mm. You know, like, um one of the other scenes where uh Mugatu, a.k.a. Ben Affleck, walked in mm. and was, like, drunk, and he's like, stop t- counting and doing the things, and... um Legree is like, no, I work better alone. I'm, mm. you know, abacusing or whatever. And I just felt that scene. I don't know. I feel like he was. I don't know, Legree. I think they did a really good job making it complicated. Not saying the rape's okay,
1: but no, but it, but it's so it, but it,
0: self-deluded.
1: Yeah, like it was clearly. How to put it? Like I feel like in a context where that was just the norm. Mm-hmm he just couldn't conceive that he'd done something wrong exactly but, but like that to me is indicative of the times or of like the type of person he was or the circle mm-hmm. he was in so it was complicated but like I, I I, feel like that type of pain that you could see him go through mm-hmm. was still like it wasn't, it wasn't evil. Like he clearly hadn't, like, you know, it wasn't like he'd done something terrible knowing that it was terrible. He'd done something that he didn't even think was terrible, you know? So it's quite, a, yeah. it's, it's complicated.
0: It was very like passion because there are scenes kind of leading up to the rape where he's, he is honestly swept away and taken by yeah. Marguerite because she's smart, because she can read, yeah. you know, because she's witty and all and you know, they show in her part she can manage herself and manage the estate. Yeah. And Adam Driver va- or Legree values that and sees yeah. that, and also understands that Carouge is a the opposite, yeah, butt head. Mm-hmm. So Legree is frustratingly placed in this kind of almost like anti-hero position because yeah. you don't want to root for him. No, like you don't want to root for him. The final duel, and we'll get to that. You know, at the end, but during the duel, I was like. Who am I rooting for? Yeah. Because and that be part, I was really reading good. for her.
1: I was just reading for right. her. Sorry, these two men are disgusting. Like they can go die. Don't really well care.
0: and frustratingly by rooting for her, you are by extension rooting for Karouge.
1: Yeah, of course. Because otherwise she would have died because she would have been. Yeah, and being we'll get to liar. that because the
0: whole fucking that's yeah. just, there's a lot of things that are just there's like, one
1: thing I didn't really like about the film, which mm-hmm. was the final scene. Because obviously, spoiler, um, she lives because Courouge wins um but I fo- I found that the lingering on her face once Karouj died mm-hmm. um I felt like there was a bit of doubt as to whether the rape happened like I felt like that lingered like to me that felt like there was a question in place as to whether you know yeah
0: we'll get to that because that's something I really sorry, to yeah, like, yeah yeah no okay, no okay, no yeah. well, I that you brought it up um uh So, like the so okay, that was the we kind of touched on the first part, like dominating the conversation. My second kind of question that I want to get into and you know, content warning we are going to kind of just dive into the the rape scene is how that scene was acted. So, briefly before we dive in, um, that scene was only filmed once. Ridley Scott made sure that he had a bunch of different cameras so that he didn't have
1: to do this twice, yeah, yeah,
0: because it's um traumatizing traumatizing I felt like such an asshole because all rape is upsetting but being the horror fan that I am and like having watched I spit on your grave numerous times for articles and stuff like that Mm. um I didn't find it as
1: uh violent
0: yeah or like beastly which I guess is kind of a good thing I, I feel like that might be like a testament to it was done well for an audience that maybe didn't know they were going in to see a rape scene I just found that really interesting especially in the way that we talked about Adam Driver it felt right?
1: very real right like it felt yeah. like that could happen
0: yeah I mean it wasn't yeah exactly I think that like good. it didn't
1: I think that you know sometimes we have this perception of rape that it's super overtly violent
0: and like but super monstrous and it's yeah. monstrous but yeah it's it, but it's it,
1: but it's a pain that's that obviously in a way that I don't believe this but people think that it's open to interpretation right right which is why like it was it was interesting I found that scene very yeah so I go into it yeah. and I'll, and I'll yeah, comment
0: yeah I mean it's very harrowing and don't please don't be like oh my god Megan does like it's a no, violation no, no. and it's horrible. I just found it really interesting because I didn't realize how uh, fucking violent the, the and sensational, I guess, the scenes that I had previously watched were. Like I knew, oh, it's a horror film. I know these things. Like Jennifer or I Spit on Your Grave is like very well known for being like people turn it off and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it was just a really it was a weird uh, reckoning or awakening for me in that moment. Anyways, so yeah, so they filmed the scene once, and I just the dialogue because you know it's the same scene but different perspectives. We know that Adam Driver's part, right? When he goes in as Legree, he's very much like, I, love, but I you. love you, and when she he's like spins her around and she's saying no, but it's kind of like, oh, but I'm playing around, you know, and um, yeah, the does, difference
1: in volumes between the two scenes is insane.
0: Yeah, and, like, he takes her to the bed, um, which she's, like, trying to run to, and he straddles her, and, you know, she's like, no, please don't, and uh, then he flips her over so that she's on her stomach with her legs kind of on, like, a, I don't know, ottoman beneath Mm. the bed. Maybe they preyed on that? Maybe, or, yeah, I don't, it's just one of those kind of, like, and, yet proceeds to... um, violate her from behind Mm -hmm. and it's actually quite quick maybe 30 seconds the act itself um and then you know he takes a brief moment right because he loves um,
1: her loves loves her
0: and then he's like
1: don't don't feel guilty
0: because you enjoyed it don't tell anyone your husband will kill you Mm and all these things and leaves. So that's his end, right? Like we already, can't, we get the perspective on that one. But Marguerite's perspective, I want to hear your thoughts first, Ella, on Kind of.
1: Okay, so I thought it was really interesting because I think that there's something, like there was something quite realistic between the two portrayals in that like his perception was that she was enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and she wasn't fleeing and she wasn't like, she she didn't feel comfortable. Like it was clearly like, if he were to like question himself probably would have thought that she wasn't into it at all mm-hmm. but like it didn't sound as horrible whereas her part like there's a lot of close-ups to her face there's a lot mm-hmm. of screaming there's a lot of please no please stop please don't do this don't go there like let's like please just leave me alone please leave like you know that kind of thing there's no seduction
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: just violence
0: yeah And I thought Um, that
1: that was like, realistically, that's probably how it does happen.
0: Yeah. Um, And for our audience who don't know, a vast majority of rapes are um, enacted by either family members or someone that is like a close friend or Mm -hmm. relative. Um, So yeah, again, it's not always like Leatherface coming at you, you know, or some random hood look like,
1: yeah, just because it does happen, but it doesn't happen that often.
0: Right, or as, like, often, like, there are different... If something is violent, that doesn't mean that um, eye blood vessels are popping and people are losing their voice from screaming and everything. Like, violence can also be very internal and, like, personal, but it's still a violation. Um, The film Violation does a great example of this, where a um, woman is raped by her sister's husband, like in the morning. He just, they wake up after drinking a lot. In the morning, it had fallen asleep by the fire, and she wakes up to him, like, coming at yeah. her, and she just kind of shuts down, you know? Yeah. And the whole, and then, you know, it becomes a revenge film, and she ends up killing him. Spoiler. Also, something that, um, is kind of, it's not tricky because, of course, I believe murder. I believe the victim. Yeah. So the film really hits on this nail on the head really hard, and it is historically accurate. In the Middle Ages, there was oh, a belief that uh, a woman could and man could not conceive unless they both achieve climax or orgasm at the same time. So there was mm-hmm. this idea that a woman had to achieve pleasure. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that? the men actually cared and like, you know, no. uh went downtown? No. So not much has changed there in, in regards to today. But it was this idea that that um the mutual like joy factor was what enabled the Perception. eggs to come together. So by the time of the that the rape occurs, uh Marguerite and Carouche had been married for about six years. And so he was also like fifty when they got married, and she was, I think. Uh,
1: People eight, live that long.
0: Twenty. Or, yeah. So a lot of the mortality rate in the Middle Ages and With everything, children, right? Was, the reason why yeah. it's so low is because children died yeah, in the first yeah, year. Of course. Yeah. Um. But so for six years they've been trying to conceive and it wasn't working. And we see definitely see a scene, some scenes, um, from Carouge and then from Marguerite's perspective where. I mean, have these horrible sex. It's like, so bad. Ugh. He's just thrusting and grunting. <laughs> it's not It was a
1: solitary act, but also like I think ugh. the most cruel scene, in my opinion, is um from when you get to when she when she, when he comes back. from her perspective, and she tells him about the rape.
0: Oh yeah, this scene. I have a note for this.
1: Where oh, they're in gosh. front of the fire. And And he basically tries to strangle her and say, like, oh, you lying bitch. Yeah, well. And then he forces her to have sex with him. And I was like.
0: But before that. Yeah. He says, and it's probably the best line delivery by Matt Damon in the film, but also the most infuriating. Because she's, like, you know, talking to him and he screams, can this guy do no evil to me?
1: Yeah, I know. I (laughs) Was yeah, like I know James you, and I were just like, what the hell? Like, mother- what of course, it has nothing to do with, with you. Her,
0: because, and they talk about this women, the the fact that Legree raped Marguerite meant that he was doing a personal attack on Carouge, yeah. and that was how it was like understood in the Middle Ages. Unfortunately, women yeah. were primarily Possession. property. Yeah, as we talked in previous episodes and will in the future, this is not always the case, but it was dominant enough to where but, yeah, where I was, like, you are taking the largest violation of your wife, who you purport to love, body, and stripping that from her and placing it on yourself? Mm. You whiny, petulant piss baby. Yeah. So, and then he's, like, I have to do a battle to the death. I have to duel. And she's, like, is there not another way? Like, if, you know, it has nothing
1: to do with you.
0: Can't like I want you to support me, but let's do this in a way that doesn't result in in death. And yeah, he just spirals out of control, and she, you know, towards the end yeah. says, like, is it about what you, like your image and it's not about me? And I was like, oh, Yes, Marguerite, go. No.
1: But also, I thought that like also because he he excited to do this duel with the idea because he was like, Oh, but I'm doing this for you. And she was like, No, you're not, you're doing this for yourself. And also you didn't tell me that by doing this, if you lost, then I would be killed.
0: Yeah. So like, yeah. She yeah, because she didn't know this because she doesn't know like those high laws. So, um, basically, so they because um Karush petitions to the king. You know, they have the judicial um query, which is kind of where we get the perspectives in the film that we d- we discover this is where we're getting the perspectives from because mm. gives his testimony. Um. And then Le gives his testimony. And then we have a six-month pregnant, Marguerite, giving her testimony. And that's the big crux in the film because she yeah. gets impregnated during the rape. So we'll get yeah. back to that. But the whole pleasure factor, you know, uh, able for conception. You
1: know, that I think that in some places like that's still a belief.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's completely uh, disappeared. Yeah. So at the trial, let's, it's not a trial, but let's call it a trial. We're at Marguerite's like testimony and they're saying, well, are you sure you're not lying? Are you sure you didn't enjoy it? Didn't ask for it. And she's like, no, no, getting emotional and trying to keep her posture or her I should say. And the high priest or whatever is like, you do realize that if God deems that you are lying, you will be uh, hair shorn, chopped off. You will be stripped naked. And killed dragged through the streets mm. then you will have an iron um like n- gauntlet necklace tied around your throat into your limbs and you will be placed on a pyre and burned alive
1: and it takes about 30 minutes to burn
0: yeah and that is the punishment for a woman who bears false testimony against a man in the case of rape mm. but for a man i mean yeah i guess battle to the death but it's just like oh well you joust and you get injured or whatever. And it is just like, what? Just the um, I don't want to say barbarity because that's always applied to middle ages, but the um Violence. extremity mm-hmm. of that measure to for a woman because it's a public spectacle, you know, it's basically like saying, women just suck it up and take the rape, which we find out is what Karuja's mother,
1: yeah, and did, and that was supposed to women. be yeah, exactly, representative of uh reality.
0: It's <laughs> fucked up. So let's get to kind of um that final scene and Marguerite's story before we get to some of the more like fun tidbits that I have that are a bit more light-hearted. Um <laughs> so yeah, in the final like battle scene uh or duel, it's very well played out, very long, lots of fake outs and things like that. When we finally get Courage brutally killing Legree, oh and in this God. whole film, which really, aside from the rape, isn't too violent other than your standard some battle scenes. Mm. Oh, it was so good! I was like, "What just happened?" Because um, Carouge gets like a—it's not a sword, but like a dagger, like a long-ish dagger—and <laughs> uses his knee to help thrust the dagger through legree's mouth in the back of his head it's just like
1: it was a bit much for me who's not used to gore
0: yeah um good so then when that happens and then yeah we have a few kind of cut shots that linger on marguerite's face and giving this to jodie comer phenomenal performance because
1: yeah she's really great i really love her
0: yeah there is like a flicker in her eye that is like upset. It's a very enigmatic facial expression because, uh, like you were saying earlier, it begs a question of did the rape occur or the way that it was said kind of thing. I don't know. It.
1: Yeah, I thought that was kind of because we read up on it afterwards and apparently it's not known if this actually did happen um, or the way it happened. So that's right. Of- What I really didn't like, I thought that was like, that's kind of, I thought that wasn't in that scene. I thought that reaction was perfect because realistically, you probably don't really, like, she'd been through enough. Mm -hmm. And the whole period leading up to that had been horrible for her anyway. Yeah. I mean, she did get, like, the birth of her son that she, whom she loved more than anything, And that was great. But, like, I think for her, like, she came to terms with the fact that she had a husband who was an asshole. And she'd been through, like, one of the most traumatic things that could happen, can happen to you. Mm -hmm. So I think that that reaction to me wasn't, like, so striking. But what did, like, what I did find problematic was, like, the ending when it was just her with her son. I found that deeply, like, disconcerting. And I thought there was too much of an allusion to victim blaming. Or, like, women's as, women as liars and things like that. I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and
0: it's the only, like, golden scene in the film because they're sitting out yeah. in, like, a pasture. She's beneath a tree. It's gold tones, the babies. Yeah. I also felt in the rape scene, so the build-up to her perspective of the rape scene is that sex with Karouche sucks. Horrible. Horrible.
1: didn't like it. He was okay. an asshole to her.
0: And, yeah, she has to lie about the fact that she, um... Has pleasure, or what they call uh, le petit mort, the small death, which is mm-hmm. uh, actually was not applied to orgasms until 1852, and the first time that that phrase was ever really used was, I believe, 1572, and it was regard to fainting fit. So a bit of an anachronism there. And this is according to the Oxford English Dictionary, everybody. Mm. So um, in her rape scene, I feel that Jodie Comer played it in such a way where there's always the t- hint of doubt to if she isn't enjoying it a little bit and I know that that sounds like white men today where it's like oh we well, you're going to yeah. enjoy it anyways but and I'm speaking specifically in the scene when Adam Driver or Legree has like penetrated her and she's on the bed and her like grunts slash moans because obviously if you had someone um, penetrating you In a sensitive orifice that you do not want and are not ready for, it's going to hurt and you're going to make sounds. But her facial expressions and the way that she delivers the, the grunts, I don't know if you got that at all. There was like a tiny doubt there. And I found that, again, fascinating on Joni Comer's part, right? Like that she can do that also really fucking frustrating that i was being put
1: in that position but the the thing is um i mean it is known that like you can still orgasm yeah and and reach orgasm right i i I think that 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 complexity to me didn't sound off the big sound off is like the ending to me like that was just like the whole scene i thought was very real like i think i mean i haven't Fortunately, been through any of that, you know. I think that's very realistic. That's very yeah. likely to happen, and that, I thought that was complex and and real, but I didn't like the ending because I thought that was too easy. Like, oh, come on, like she gets her son, her husband dies, this other asshole dies, like then she's all good. But I, I, I thought that was just, I thought that was a bit like I thought that wasn't great to be honest.
0: Yeah, no, I. Um, falls into, like, the sneaky woman or tricky woman. Um. Yeah, and, like,
1: I feel like we have this perception of the Middle Ages as one way. Mm-hmm. And Wadley Scott, by choosing to make this film, he's choosing a perspective and choosing to portray something important. And mm-hmm. so to fall into these, like, white trash things, I, I feel like... I just thought, like, why would you do... Like, why would you go through the effort of doing all of this to so then end it like that? Like... He could yeah. have done something differently.
0: The only kind of, like, counter that, that I can give, and it's not um, necessarily my opinion, but just mm. to play devil's advocate, would be that um, women can be just as bad as men. That, yeah, but why would you do that film on bad,
1: then? Like Right, no, I know. Yeah. But I'm just
0: saying, like, everyone can be a villain. I don't know, like but I agree. Uh, yeah. Really... But like
1: the thing is the people who will go see this will have that ending. And lots of people who will go see this type of thing, you know, rape is very common in, in all cultures and all things. So like, this is just reinforcing a stigma that we have. I, I thought that I just was like, but well, you can portray women as being horrible in different contexts. It don't have to be this.
0: Yeah. No, I completely agree. Like I said, I was just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Uh, Bottom line, rape, horrible. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Ever. And ever. if there is anyone that you know who has been raped.
1: Believe them.
0: Believe them and support them.
1: Also, consent is sexy. Like, consent. Consen- ha- having active consent in all moments.
0: Yeah. Even if it's a partner that you've been with for years. Yeah. Consent. Yeah. It's important, it's essential, well, not just yeah. essential, but
1: it's also sexy.
0: Yeah, having and
1: someone who wants you to do those things to you is great. Yeah, that's how it should be. Not exactly. Like,
0: and no yeah. always means no, it yeah. always means no.
1: Yeah, it
0: doesn't matter how it's delivered, no means no.
1: Yeah, or like even a flinch or anything that should be interpreted as no.
0: Yes, unless, so,
1: unless agreed upon and talked about and yes. said, no, it's okay.
0: Yes so yeah final word consent is sexy no means no don't rape yeah uh so pivoting to (laughs) lighter conversation before we get to the hairstyles more in depth uh two things Jodie Comer is left-handed did you notice that in the scene with the ledgers when she's talking to the farmers and collecting I
1: didn't but I think that's because I'm left-handed so I didn't notice it oh Um, yeah that would have been very problematic
0: yeah very problematic uh so oh, a little God. like anachronism kind of thing there because uh yeah, satan or the bad. devil is assumed to be mm-hmm. left-handed all evil comes you know Jesus i mean this on the was so a problem
1: God. yeah this was a bit of a problem until the 20th century to be honest so yeah nice and surprising.
0: so like, obvious so like i'm not i'm ambidextrous highly wow. ambidextrous so mm-hmm. and both my mom's parents are slash were left-handed um my aunt is left-handed my cousin's left-handed wow so a lot of my family's left-handed. I'm ambidextrous. So like I'm left-footed, but right-handed, but I do a lot of things with my left hand, so, like eat and brush my teeth and stuff. But I'm also just, it's one of these things. i have talk to like my therapist about it, because I just notice it. So many actors are left-handed. It's bizarre. And I really? pick up on this. Angelina Jolie's left-handed. Like so many people are left-handed if you watch in films. So many.
1: I'm very left-handed, but I've never like I come from a family of all right-handed people. Mm. I'm very confused
0: yeah apparently (laughs) um so yeah that was just like a side thing um that I was like what it's really Mm. quick it's like the old and I was just like
1: yeah she's also just like putting a take on something
0: yeah I was just like "Mm, that's that's not no and then my other thing so in Marguerite's uh testimony You know, she goes to get a new gown and she gets Queen Isabeau's, like, low, scooping, boob-revealing gown. And there's a scene where Marguerite's talking to her friend Marie, who ends up backstabbing her. And they joke about, um, you know, because the dress is so low and so revealing of, like, the nipple area. That They're like, Queen Isabeau's nipples are pierced. And they're like, what? No. And I instantly went, did nipple piercing exist in Europe in the Middle Ages? Yes. It did. So a little history of this. I am getting this information off of all things. Oh, no. All that's interesting.com. Piercing. A cultural history of holes. So nipple piercings. Brief little history. So in ancient Rome, men pierced their nipples to symbolize virility and their camaraderie with other men. Only Mm. later did it become a woman's practice. Okay. In the mid 14th century, Queen Isabella of France introduced, quote, garments of the grand neckline and, quote, dresses with such low necklines, sometimes to the navel, that the nipples were often openly displayed. As Mm -hmm. such, nipple piercing became a form of jewelry to match the dress, right? So, and I have another uh, website, thevintagenews.com, that kind of goes on of this and says... The shocking fashion statement, you know, the the low-cut dresses, complimented her choice of jewelry. Isabella had pierced her rouge, quote, little apples of paradise, end quote, euphemism for breasts, with diamonds connected by delicate chains of pearls and gold. Um, And apparently, I tried to follow this up, but I couldn't, I didn't really have time. Uh, The Augustinian friar uh, Jacques Legrand gave a lengthy sermon to the royal court denouncing their debauchery, aka nipple piercing, saving his sharpest words for Isabella and her love of provocative clothing. Isabella, it should be noted, wasn't the first female to trim her teats. (laughs) You know, Um, according to the Naked Woman, a study of the female body by Desmond Morris, well-born Egyptian women covered their lady bits with luminous gold paint, and during Roman times, the adornment of choice was Rouge, designed mm. to rev up Randy encounters. So apparently Isabella did, in fact, have pierced nipples. Then, you know, following this up, I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Interesting. Apparently, this kind of fashion would re-emerge briefly in the late 19th century, so Victorian England, and they were known as bosom rings, and they were sold exclusively in Parisian jewelry shops and were considered to be both stylish and risqué, obviously. Um, so, and then the, so these trinkets, not only dressed up breasts, but supposedly kept these women, generally aristocratic women, in a state of constant excitation as they rubbed against clothing, according to Stephen Kern in his Anatomy and Destiny, A Cultural History of the Human Body. Um, That's
1: so interesting.
0: So, yeah. Um, And then I have one more quote from like a Victorian uh, times, like 1890s. So late. uh, It says like, according to one socialite of this time, she quote, with regard to the experience of wearing these rings, I can only say that they are not in the least uncomfortable or painful. On the contrary, the slight rubbing and slipping of the rings causes in me an extremely titillating feeling. And all my colleagues I have spoken to on this subject have confirmed my opinion end quote. And apparently in Victorian England, again, this is off, off, that's interesting. Don't uh, historical accuracy. I'm not sure. Uh, Doctors would recommend nipple piercings to enhance the size of the nipples and make breastfeeding easier.
1: That's so interesting. Cause I feel like um, nipple piercings, at least in my life have been something that I've only really realized people did in like the last, since I've become an adult. Um, And I always thought like, It looked kind of, it looks painful, but like for people who want to do them, fine. That's like their choices and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I, I thought it was kind of a weird, like twenty first century, like liberation type of thing. So that's really interesting that it, it really isn't.
0: Yeah, no, I felt the. This is why I went down the rabbit hole because yeah, like I had a coworker um, at my first job at Pete's who had her nipples pierced. Mm. And, you know, so I was like 19 and, she, you know, she had both of them pierced. And I was mm. just, ow, like even still, yeah. I was like, I just. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but like. I I'd have be a, so proper scared yeah. They'd get like snagged on something and pull and rip. And like, that's just, no. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I too thought like, I mean, I I never really, I guess, had considered. I kind of assumed that there was some sort of historical.
1: Um, I hadn't. I, was precedent. I just thought it was.
0: Just because I mean, in like my anthropology courses, you know, and looking around the world in different kind of like um, body modifications and uh, sacred body things, you know, like the um, lip plates and ear plates and everything like it that would like, make sense, but I just didn't know that like the fashion aspect of mm-hmm. nipple piercing uh, that Isabella had, yeah, I thought that was a very 21st century thing and like a rebellious, yeah, like, I'm taking autonomy over my body, you know. Uh, and then also, I just love the fact that you know the Victorians were so sexually repressed, and yet you get a few women who are like, mm, "Yes, but nipple piercings—they well, aroused people... high collared.
1: <laughs> I think that that's very true of today as well. Like these things, just kind of people would do them for, for personal reasons, you know, like not yeah. not to be put on display,
0: right um but queen Isabeau definitely did it to have them on display because the dresses were so low fudge so that you know was um a fun rabbit hole to go down and then let's talk about the hair and we aren't the only ones that are like the hair in this film because um i got a lot of my facts from slate.com's thieves and harlots um and the history of the hair but I don't know, like medieval films, you either think you're going to have a tonsure, right? Like the monk bald spot with mm. the hair everywhere or long hair like Timothy Chalamet is in The King, right? Just whatever. Or for whatever reason, like short, shorn hair. just
1: Yeah. Practical.
0: Uh, but yeah, in this film, you know, we've got bleached blonde, short hair and goatee. Uh The Mugatu look on Ben Affleck. We have got long, lustrous locks on Mm. Adam Driver as Le And then we have one of the most intense mullets I've seen in recent history on Matt Damon's Carouge. Very short on the top. Sides are shaved, shorn. And then the back, you know, goes into whatever. And apparently there is like historical precedent for this. So it's not just a wild Ridley Scott choice. Um, So according to slate.com in an article by Sarah McDougall and David Perry, in the 12th century, the often cranky English monk, historian, and part-time fashion critic, Orderic Vitalis, issued two laments about the hairstyles of elite Norman noblemen. One set, he moaned, quote, parted their hair from the crown of the head to the forehead, grew long and luxurious locks like women, end quote. So, this mm. is our Legree. The others, Vitalis groaned, quote, shave the front part of their head like thieves and let their hair grow very long in the back like harlots, end quote. So, also, <laughs> just like thieves and harlots, like it's just that's intense all around. I mean, or Derek Vitalis, I've heard that name before, it has, you know, trickled around um but w- what did you have any like thoughts on the hair because I half the time saw Matt Damon as a, a talking mullet also just because I didn't care for his character so that was, I, was about. I felt looked weird like I just think
1: that I was very impressed by the women's hairdos
0: oh um, so um, elaborate yeah, yeah I
1: just, and I also thought the fact that their hair was that long that was probably very unrealistic to be honest but I mean, yeah. Um, but like Adam Driver's hair, like he often has that hair that way. So I thought that was just like the actor wasn't willing to cut his hair that short. That's my theory. Um, and Matt Damon, like, I just thought he was kind of ridiculous anyway. So I didn't really think much about the hair, but it did look kind of ridiculous <laughs> anyway. So,
0: so yeah, Marguerite's hair also is the most versatile. We have long, free flowing hair. We have crazy, beaded, up, uh, braided. Hair that's long into her. Apparently, that's like a, the the braided hair is like how noble women wore their hair because you could mm-hmm. have someone do it for you mm-hmm. in that elaborate way, which makes sense. And also, it's golden and blonde, so it's yeah, it's beautiful. You know, ideal, ideal medieval female beauty, and arguably mm-hmm. even today. I mean, a lot of the um, women in romances had like long blonde hair. It's very mm-hmm. much um, desired. And, yeah, it just, I don't know, the hair was such an interesting thing to be, like, so, it's almost like a character itself in the film, Mm -hmm. but in a way that I found kind of sometimes distracting. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, As a whole, uh, we just had to talk about the hair. And, yeah, so, again, Matt Damon's hair, the mullet. So, the term mullet wasn't necessarily used in the Middle Ages. Um, That is, I think, a more modern phrase. But... um, In England, there was a style that came from Ireland called the Coulan. So in 1297, Mm. the British Parliament actually condemned, quote, the degenerate English of modern times who wear Irish clothes, have their heads half shaved, and grow their hair long at the back, calling this Coulan, making themselves like the Irish in clothing and appearance. And the word Coulan comes from the old Irish word col, which means back of the head. Mm-hmm. Um, and as historian Robert Bartlett explains, the adoption of this hairstyle among English settlers in Ireland. So uh yes, British colonialism, even in the 13th century, everyone made it hard to tell the, the British settlers apart from the Irish population. And the Brits were like, this just won't do like the people in power. But like Englishmen were being mistaken for Irishmen and killed as Irishmen, even though the killing of an Englishman and the killing of an Irishman required different punishments Mm. there's like an interesting history side thing like who like hair being an identifying factor (laughs) um was there anything else that we haven't really um talked about that stood out Mm. to you or you wanted to mention
1: no I think I've mentioned all the things I wanted to mention for this one
0: yeah same as a whole what are your final thoughts on the film rating wise etc i would
1: say a seven out of ten because i did enjoy watching it Mm
0: -hmm. obviously
1: not a perfect film um but i didn't like i didn't finish the film and was like oh god i wish i hadn't watched that so like for me that like that that's a film that works fairly well seven not like nine or ten because there were lots of problems to it um and i thought it was interesting i think this year, at least, I feel like there's been quite a lot of medieval-based films,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which I'm all for. So, yeah. Yeah, these
0: idea. historic timepiece epics are kind of yeah. having a return. It's yeah, they are. Interesting. Um, I would give the film a 6.5. Fair. Uh So, a Little of Lawyers, I'm glad I watched it because I wanted to see it. Um, it's not one that I'm necessarily, like, got To see gonna
1: it, again. yeah, and I'm, I don't think I'm gonna rewatch it actually.
0: <laughs> I mean, it maybe it's one of those films where, like, if it's on the television,
1: no. uh, I
0: might keep it on, but no. that's only if there's nothing else on it, I just mm. want something in the background. Um, yeah, not my favorite Ridley Scott film, uh, and but you know, if you're interested in the politics and problems of Middle Ages France, then I would give it a suggestion you know yeah
1: Yeah. um
0: so yeah ella why don't you do your thing yeah before we sign off we wanted to ask
1: you kindly to rate our podcast um if you haven't already that would be very very kind um if you enjoy the content obviously don't enjoy the content don't worry about it (laughs) yeah so please find us on apple Podcasts, spotify youtube amazon basically anywhere you really want to listen to podcasts you will find us um we're on youtube as well just type like modern medieval podcast uh if you want to interact with us please know that we are on social media we've got an instagram our handle is podcast.modern.medieval we are on email it's gmail.com. we've got a facebook group and a facebook page it's um, modern medieval podcast and finally we've got a twitter page
0: yeah, you can find us on our Twitter at Medieval underscore Modern. That's our handle. And also, uh, just to clarify uh, with what Ella was saying, it's Spotify has the new feature mm-hmm. that allows you to rate us. So, I mean, rate us wherever, but Spotify's is new. So, the more we get now, the like better it makes us look. Yeah. Also, we do have some exciting things brewing in regards to potential new look, which we're very excited about. Once yeah. that develops further, we will share. Yeah, until next time, I'm Megan.
1: And I'm Fellow, and this is Modern Media of the Podcast.